Give the secret handshake. Check your cloaks and remove your tinfoil hats. This is the Illuminati Social Club. The podcast you don't want they to know about. This is bullshit. This series presents information based in part on theory and conjecture. The producer's purpose is to suggest some possible explanation, but not necessarily the only ones to the mysteries we will examine. Welcome to the In Search of series here on the Illuminati Social Club. I'm your host, Jason from Parma. Joining me, as he always does, but not from where he always has been, we have Oliver Rockside from Tampa, Florida. Hello, all. How are you? Good. You're on the American side of the border. I am. And uh, from, Hel- I, I think he's still in Halifax, Nova Scotia, Uh Doc Pinko himself, Steve Cloutier. Oh, yes, I am still in Halifax. Okay. Is it winter yet? No, not yet. (laughs) (laughs) This is is the uh, American Thanksgiving episode. Of course, a little little peek here. Uh, We are um, recording this uh, the Thursday before Canadian Thanksgiving. So just to, uh, you know, just to confuse people right now. So, <laughs> yes, we, we record these well in advance. So, yeah, this week we are talking about uh, episode 115 of In Search Of, Learning ESP. Guys, any impressions on this episode? Besides this is the one, the, the big... This is effing bonkers. It's just, <laughs> it's just bonkers. <laughs> I, I think we have to, uh, we we have to call out one major thing in this episode. One thing we have not seen yet. Nimoy is wearing a sweater and not a turtleneck. It's true. Yeah. And, and he's got like the biggest butterfly collar I have ever seen. <laughs> And I don't know whether YouTube or my TV was the problem, but is that sweater not coral? Is it not like an orange pink? I, I think it is. Yeah, I think I think it was. <laughs> but I, yeah, can sum do... up, I can sum up this episode in one in one sentence. It's that the most the closest thing to a scientist in this in this episode is Nimoy. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, this was definitely. Um... Oh, th- th- this was a laugh a minute episode. I will tell. I, I, I think I, I think I was more groaning through this thing than anything. So uh, was I, Jason. Yeah, remember, children aren't taught to laugh at ESP. <laughs> <sighs> and that was maybe like the third sentence in the episode. Is it they mm-hmm. do it with children because they won't laugh at it? Yeah. Oh, I knew we were in for a fun 22 minutes then. Uh, yeah, everyone will laugh at the kids, though. Uh, <laughs> so in this one, we, we see a more interactive uh, Leonard Nimoy. He, he's, he's trying to get kids to read his mind. It's true. Um, I, wonder, I wonder how many of the thoughts he had were of, uh, you know, Shatner and... <laughs> uh Okay, I'm I'm just not going to say that. Um, 
So, um, so we, we, we come, we, we have our first, uh, you know, our, our first sort of character besides Nimoy himself, because he's kind of the a character in this episode. Um, we have Dr. Joseph Ryan and, uh, he uh let's see he found he founded parapsychology as a branch of psychology and he founded the parapsychology lab at duke however he's a botanist and i have here written in my notes simply somebody got tenure <laughs> <laughs> And that brings us back to our very first episode. Perhaps he started off with talking with plants. Yes. <laughs> and 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 he and he thought he could feel a tomato. I don't know. I, uh, <laughs> is it Steve? Yes. Is this what happens when tenure is granted? Is it people go off into? Uh... Pretty much, yeah, pretty much. Because there's not a lot you can do. To, if if you can get fired after you have tenure, um, you've done a lot. Because usually what that what happens is if you do something really horrendous, i.e. illegal, mm. they um, just give you early retirement. Mm. Wow. So yeah, we have um, yes, Ryan. Uh, yeah, he he founded he founded the parapsychology lab, and he he was like one of the f- most prominent ones to use the Zener cards, which are the the cards. Pr- uh, featured in this episode, that is the, that's the cards with the circle, the plus sign, the wavy lines, the square, and the star. Yeah, for for those people who don't know, who have seen Ghostbusters, that those are the cards that Bill Murray's character uses at the to, beginning to, when we first introduced to him. Yes. And, he, and he's flirt, he's flirting with that young student. Yes. And she's getting them all wrong, but he's saying she's getting them all right, so that she gets really excited. Hmm. And, and the, uh, the, the other guy is, is you know, the other student is getting like most of them right. And yet, uh, nope, sorry, you're wrong. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but the thing is the Zener deck is made up of equal numbers of these cards. And to me, one in five is not, uh, you know, not horrible odds to guess. No, also, also, if I may use my gambling experience in this, it's also car. It's also easy to count the cards down. Mm-hmm. For, I mean, there were so many problems with this experiment. I can't even begin to, if it really was an experiment, I, I really can't even begin to tell you. Right. First of all, I understand that they're all nine years old, but they do, do know at nine how to count to 25. Mm-hmm. So every time they get one wrong, they know that one of the five is off the deck. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. right? So, you know, everybody gets better as we go along because they know they know how many cards are left. Mm-hmm. Right. The other thing right. is, is the kid who gets five in a row is sitting right beside him. <laughs> it's like he's nine. You don't think he's peeking? I mean, that's what <laughs> nine-year-olds do. And it was, it was, you know, some amazing display of, of the other thing is, is that I mean, I understand that nine-year-olds wouldn't realize this, but grown-ups realize that, you know, especially with shapes that they're talking about, is that usually a square is going to be the first choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's just human nature, right? Mm-hmm. And Nimoy does that. The first thing he shows is a square. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it. This whole. Th- and the other thing is, is that th- they brand this amazement over someone getting twenty percent 
of the cards correct. <laughs> like getting five out of 25 correct. Right. Okay. Um, now, that's bigger. That's much less odds than a lottery. But if mm -hmm. somebody if somebody wins the lottery twice in a lifetime, we don't think of it as ESP, do we? No. We think of it as a coincidence. Mm-hmm. And that's one, out of, that's one out of, what, 16 million or whatever it is? Mm-hmm. Yep. And, here, and here we're dealing with nine-year-olds and, and uh, one out of 25? The whole experiment's ridiculous. Oh, I, I agree completely. Um, one, of my, one of my least favorite lines in this show or anything, you know, attempting to discuss science and especially um, like, like pseudoscience is the, the term or the line, some, some patterns develop. It's not that patterns are developing in this. It's that we as humans really suck at, at we notice patterns in everything, including patterns that aren't there. Yeah. You know, exactly. I, I see patterns everywhere because... It's human nature to see patterns. That's that's why we see shapes and clouds. Mm -hmm. It's the exact same thing. We look for oh, yeah. pareidolia, and we we, and, we look we look for patterns, and we see them in clouds, and they look like things. Right. As, as Christopher as Christopher Hitchens once said, we are pattern seeking mammals. Yes. That's why uh, we have that's why we have religions. In in yeah. in evolution, you know, evolutionarily speaking, um. <laughs> You know, way back, our 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 great 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 ancestors who were you know living out in the in the wilderness, um, you know, if they saw the face of a tiger in a bush, they're gonna run, whether there's a tiger there or not, they're gonna run because there's probably a tiger in that bush. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we we have developed. And we evolved with this ability to see patterns where there may or may not be any patterns because that was survival instinct back in those days. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that's that's just my little rant for this episode. <laughs> of of only one, you know, there might be more. <laughs> um, one of the things I found out about uh, Ryan was that. Um, at least early in his career, he exposed mediums and psychics. Mm. He exposed uh, a woman named Mina Crandon um, as a fraud. She was, a, she was, or claimed to be a psychic medium. Um, and that led uh, Arthur Conan Doyle, he of Sherlock Holmes fame, to write an article in which he claimed that J.B. Ryan is an ass. <laughs> and that was his actual phrase. Because Doyle, and this is really odd because Sherlock Holmes is the complete opposite of what you would think. Doyle believed the whole, the whole thing. Mm -hmm. He believed in mediums. Um, oh, there's yeah. that famous famous story about the uh, fairies that mm -hmm. were like, photographed, the hoaxed fairies. Uh, mm -hmm. he, he he believed that. Um, you know, he he even wrote articles and books. Uh, there's a book that actually I, I have a copy of it called "The Coming of the Fairies." In which he claimed that the fairies were coming, and he used that as evidence. Hmm. And of course, they were just cutouts, cardboard cutouts that the girls who hoaxed it just put it up. Mm -hmm. yeah. So we come to a scene here where it's just it's it's kind of a throwaway in here, but 
spoon bending. Oh my god, I, st- I almost <laughs> fell over when they did the spoon bending. I was waiting to see Yuri Geller. I know. Instead, we got uh, the spoon bending Leif Garrett. I, yeah. I, I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, those seventies feathered hairdos. It was uh, oh. it was a big time. But uh, the they do make a huge mistake among many in this episode is that they compare this uh, ESP to music, and that is the exact opposite. Mm-hmm. I found it really strange that they would do that because music is one of two things. Music, your talent in music is either through your ear, mm-hmm. which is where the proje- uh, the prodigy comes from, or music at its base form is math. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's all yeah. it is. If one thing happens, that means another thing must happen. It's, right, it, it's a system of math. It has nothing to do with ESP. So I, I even the concept of ESP. So I don't understand why they would even use music as a as a touch point. To this mm-hmm. because they're diametrically opposed it was like kind of like what are you talking about you're saying that music is transmitted through your mind to your mm-hmm. fingers that's not how music works right uh, so but i love the spoon bending guy Oh yeah! Oh, absolutely. And everybody uh, knows that, that how that that's a parlor trick, right? Everybody knows yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So then we come to Robert Monroe and Nancy Honeycutt. Love this. These two were hilarious. <laughs> all I have written here, I'll let you guys go off. All I have is, they all love the polygraph. <laughs> it was like it was like once the polygraph hit the mainstream, like. Every loon and wacko had to get one and and use it to prove something <laughs> like ESP because they they use the 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 polygraph to test for ESP and of course the last time we saw a polygraph was in episode one it's when true. talking to plants. Well, the other thing is, is that, and I should have, I have to point this out, is that uh, Bob is referred to as a businessman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's not even close oh, yeah. to a scientist. <laughs> no. And uh, and in a lot of ways, this reminded me of, sci- of Scientology. Mm-hmm. In, in that, you know, they use the e-meter, which is basically a lie detector, um, mm-hmm. uh, to, you know, seek out thetans and all that kind of stuff. Um, but... ESP is not far away from you know Xenu and the Thetans, so uh, so it was kind of it was kind of interesting that they kind of copped this. I'm I'm almost positive they copped it from Scientology. The idea of using a lie detector to figure out ESP. Oh, probably. And, and that anything... was a, that. That was a fantastic comb over too. Mm, my, oh God, yeah. On Bob, yeah. Any anything to add there, uh, Steve? Well, I have. To, I've... Two things. Um, first of all, Bob, um, and you may not know this, but he was the infer- in- inspiration for Dr. Marvin Monroe. Oh, geez. On the Simpsons. <laughs> right? I mean, that's why he's Marvin Monroe. He's, wow. He, he was the inspiration for that Simpsons character. Hmm. Um, and second, um, one of the experiments, that, the kind of the experiment they do, um, and they're not doing it correctly, is they're doing the Gansfeld experiment. Okay. Right. And I've actually participated, as, as I said in the pre-mid post show, 
Um, I have actually participated in a Gansfeld experiment because I had a friend when I was doing my PhD in England. I had a friend who was wor working on this kind of stuff uh, in the psychology department, and I agreed to be a, a, her guinea pig. Okay. And what you do is basically you sit in a chair okay. uh, and you put put something over your eyes. Usually, it, usually it's like ping pong balls cut in half. Right. And you put headphones on, and you listen to white noise. Mm. Very low white noise, but white noise. And for whatever reason, I'm not sure why this is. Uh, she didn't explain this. But you're under a red light. I presume it's it's more of a calming thing. Hmm. And she and and this is one of the reasons why they weren't doing it right is um, when they were doing it, um, her eyes weren't covered. Okay. Her, her, because it's supposed to be total sensory deprivation, right? Right. Because that's the whole point. Um, you know, it's the, if you can see things then it's not ESP because you're just mm -hmm. looking at stuff, right? Um, and also, the other thing that they did incorrectly was he was sitting right beside her. Hmm. And when my, my, my friend Christine uh, Simmons-Moore did it, she was actually in another room. I was oh, alone okay. in the room. Huh. Uh, and what happened is another friend of mine, uh, he was in a, a third room, and he was looking at a television screen. And he was trying to transport or send images to me um and we actually we actually got a hit he was looking at ants and i got really itchy mm -hmm. um and but being a scientist <laughs> she didn't say steve you're psychic she said oh you got a hit interesting <laughs> i'll make a note of that <laughs> but i have to say one thing though before the experiment started and I was sitting there by myself with the white noise and everything, it mm -hmm. is one of the most relaxed experiences I have ever had. <laughs> it was just amazing just sort of sitting there alone. And, and my friend has this sort of really sort of calm voice. Uh, she would probably freak out people in uh, Fort Lauderdale because she has an English accent. But, <laughs> um, you know, and so there's... When her voice started coming over, I almost fell asleep. <laughs> calming. So, um, but yeah, so that's so they were doing the Gansfeld experiment, um, which doesn't have um, a lie detector test. I was not set up to up you, to you, the lie detector. Um, oh, good, so good. they were doing the Gansfeld experiment, and they were doing it incorrectly. <laughs> uh, another Kelsaprise. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we. Um... One of the other things that I noticed was, okay. and, and it has to do with the editing of the show, mm -hmm. is, is right after that, mm -hmm. they quickly showed uh, the University of Virginia hmm. and mentioned that scientists at the University of Virginia were looking at this kind of stuff as well. And then they cut to something else. And that brief, I mean, it was only like 10, 15 seconds, but that brief cut, mm -hmm. what it what it seemed to me was like they were tr they they knew they didn't have any credibility, so they were trying to tack on some credibility. Of course, by showing a picture of a university. Yes, <laughs> on screen, right? Mm -hmm. And so and and you know it gives it gives the effect that some you, that you because we are pattern seeking people and creatures that there was some kind of connection between what old Bob Monroe was doing and the university when actually mm -hmm. there is none. Excellent. Um, now I have a name written here, and I they 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 mentioned the name Alex Tennis Tennis. Yeah. And I can't find anything. Uh, I keep getting like uh, tennis uh, players and stuff, and it's like, okay, 
I, I don't know who this guy is. I, I got a little bit on him. Um, what do you got? What do you got? What do you got? It's, it's Alex Tanos, T-A-N-O-U-S. Oh, okay. Um, and all, all really I got was that he was a psychic from Van Buren, Maine. Hmm. Uh, he, he was born in 1926 and died in 1990. Oh, okay. Here we go. All right. Now I got him. Uh, oh, he was born... Uh, Carlos Osis. So, all right. That sounds like a supervillain. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and he oh he conducted a lot of out of body experience ex, uh, experiments. Yeah. So. So is this was, was this where we get to the part with the psychologist who wants to play ESP whack a mole? Oh yes. Love now, him. Yeah. We have okay. We have a callback though. We have a callback to um, uh, which episode? Um, this I believe it was the Psychic Detectives episode uh, from uh, that was episode one eleven. Uh, he was the one I mentioned that uh, they at the beginning of the Psychic Detectives episode they mentioned Peter Herkos. Yes. Well, we are introduced now to Charles Tart who was the one who tested Peter Herkos and basically said, yeah, he's an idiot. (laughs) So now we are introduced to Charles Tart, who's, yeah, trying to get people to play (laughs) whack-a-mole. She got one right, as as mm -hmm. far as I... Everything else she got was wrong. Mm -hmm. Which I guess proves something into itself, but... Yeah, I have, I've, I have here. She got one right and seventy-five wrong. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Who's getting way too excited in this episode? Uh, for people who haven't seen it, what, 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 what's happening is he, uh, Charles Tart, has a, um, I guess, uh, a, a number, a ran, a, a machine that randomly sec- selects numbers. Hmm. The subject has like a clock, what looks like a clock face with the numbers on it, and she puts her hands over the clock uh, and he tries to telepathically tell her which number to press. Hmm. Hence the whack-a-mole reference. Uh-huh. And, and it works one time out of uh, 112. Um, so she must have ESP. Well, this is the thing, Jason, is that is that bad results are still results. Mm-hmm. The problem is, is that <clears throat> they, they use this in a positive way. They don't right. say, well, you know, the results didn't prove anything. Mm. And that's 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 the problem, because, mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know, um, some of the episodes we've already discussed are very scientific and very interesting. Right. So they really don't have to go down this route. You know, they can say, you know, this experiment shows that there's nothing there, but they mm-hmm. don't No. And they can they quite simply could. I, I kind of wonder the um, the recording order of this show. Like, what were what was the the order that these episodes were recorded, not aired? Because I don't know. I feel like some of the more scientific ones might have come later <laughs> or first. Well, it's funny you say that because the next week's episode that we're going to talk about, Nimoy looks about seventy five in that one. <laughs> You know, his age range is like crazy in this. So I'm just wondering whether, yeah, I wonder if they if they uh, recorded them out of order. 
as opposed to what they showed. If you look at the, the Wikipedia um, site for uh, the episode list for In Search Of, it has production codes right mm -hmm. on the extreme right-hand right side. Uh, okay, Learning ESP was episode 730. In, and well, I think that was the last episode. That, oh, no. Uh, there was uh, Killer Bees was 735. So, Mummy's Curse... Psychic Detectives came after this one. They'll probably, um, they probably got good ratings on the ESP one. That's why they did the Psychic Detectives. Because, <laughs> you know, everybody wants to know the St. Louis Murder Ladies Club. Yeah. Oh, yes. So, uh, what else do we have? What else What else do we get out of this episode? Oh, are we not going to talk about the Bolivian woman? That uh, bar? <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. Love her. Um, <laughs> well, this is the second professor or quote-unquote quote professor that we were introduced to from Duke University. Now, Jason, you can tell me whether this is true. Is Duke University not one of the most expensive private universities in the United States? Uh, I think it is. Well, if I would send my kid there, I'd ask for my money back because... <laughs> They have a this parapsychology is, department. If this is a representation of their scholarship, <laughs> I, I, I'm not enthused. Uh, this was another thing that Steve brought up. This was like a little minute and a half snippet that I don't understand hmm. how it connected. Basically, they send this woman who lo loves going to Bolivia and seeking out, you know, the spirits hmm. and uh, saying that the spirits were at war with each other with mind melds and all this <laughs> kind of garbage. But it's only like a minute and a half, and it's not really related to the episode at all, in a way. Did mm -hmm. I miss that? Did I not miss? That? Did I miss the connection there? I, you know what? Honestly, because uh, I watched this. I watched this episode um, a week ago, and we we had watched the, the you know the previous two episodes before this because there there was a, a screw up in Wikipedia, by the way, uh, <laughs> that. I thought this was the next episode, and then it turns out not. But I, I ended up uh, because of because of things, I was unable to watch this episode again. So, I I am having trouble remember this one. Yeah, remembering well, this one. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I, it just seemed tacked on. It, it sounded like we needed in the production meeting or something. They said we need something ancient. We need, yeah, we need to connect it to something pagan or something like that to, to show that this isn't a new thing, right? And I, I, th I agree with Oliver. I, I just think it was tacked on. However, we do get kind of a callback to the Bermuda Triangle episode, because this is something that I did, we didn't get a chance to talk about um, in that, but the guy with her is David Zink. Hmm. And David Zink, in the Bermuda Triangle episode, it has a, a brief appearance. Okay. And he's the guy that they call an archaeologist. Um, now, I did a little bit of digging on David Zink for the Bermuda Triangle episode, um, mm -hmm. and luckily I can I can use that information now. Um, but and but it, it it shows a little bit of a possibility for me because it, it, I can become an archaeologist, and the reason I say that is both David Zink and I have PhDs in English literature. <laughs> he, he has no degree in archaeology, 
Yet here, in this episode, and in the Bermuda Triangle episode, they identify him as an archaeologist. Hmm. Now, I know archaeologists, and if I just show up on an archaeology dig and start poking around, they're going to kick me off very quickly because I'm not an archaeologist. <laughs> Even if you show up with a fedora and a whip, they're going to yes, kick you off? Exactly. Oh, man. Oh. <laughs> By, by the way, while 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 you were talking, uh, I, I managed to look it up uh, on Business Insider's uh, list of most expensive colleges and universities in the United States. Duke University is number twenty-seven. Out of how many? Three thousand? Well, 4, this 000? is out of fifty. This is out. Of, this is the top fifty. Right. Well, I'd ask for a refund. <laughs> That's the level of scholarship. <laughs> So, yeah. So, any other, uh, any anything else we want to uh, we want to discuss about this episode besides the fact that it was just loony? It was filled with a lot of non sequiturs and lucky guesses, if you will. The only other thing that I got from it is that do you get the feeling that Nimoy hates children? <laughs> he looked so uncomfortable with those with those nine year olds. It was kind of like, oh, okay, kudos. He would have fit in perfectly in uh, with with Mister Wizard from from years ago. If you ever see, and it, uh, I'll try to remember to post a link to this, but uh, just off topic here. Uh, there's an episode just there. Are, there's a YouTube video called Mr. Wizard hates children. And it's just all the times where like Mr. Wizard just starts going, uh, you know, like, like, no, that's wrong. Like he's very stern and, and like, it's like, wow. So, you know, it, I, I don't know. I think he might, you know, and I think Nimoy might give him a run for his money here. All I could think of that, that was running through his head was, I need the money. I need the money. The ballot of Bilbo Baggins just wasn't making the cash for him. No. no. <laughs> and, and this but, would have been before Star Trek, the motionless picture. So. Oh. Yeah. And, you know, as, as someone who loathes children, I, I'm sitting here going, I, I can commiserate with him being in, a, in, in with four nine-year-olds for that amount of time. I'd kill myself <laughs> after about five minutes. Oh, uh, so. I'd just basically do 25 pickup with them. <laughs> <laughs> do 25 pickup and go out for a smoke. <laughs> yeah, that's me. <laughs> you know they're 26 cards, right? Oh. No, it's 25. Really? Oh, is there a Joker? Oh, right, oh, right, right yeah, in, in, in those cards, yeah. Right. Yeah, the Xenor deck, yeah. Right. yeah. Sorry. I, 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 thought, I thought you were going to say it's a, there's a Joker. I, I honestly <laughs> did. I want to I buy, I, I buy a deck of those just for the hell of it. I don't know why, but I, yeah, I just want I, I knew you were going to say that. I, <laughs> I want to. You can probably buy them on, on Amazon. Anyway, gentlemen, Oliver, tell people where they can find you on the internet. Uh, you can, uh, if you uh, loathe children like I do, you can find me at uh, Oliver Rockside on on the Twitters. Also, you can check out my new podcast with uh, co-host Aaron White, reviewing 20 years of Law and Order. You can find that at the 27thPrecinct.com. Excellent. Steve, where can people find you? I'm on Twitter at DocPinko, D-O-C-P-I-N-K-O. Excellent. And you can find me at AlienCG on Twitter. You could find this podcast at IlluminatiPod. 
send us your uh, your your thoughts, your comments, your questions, your corrections if there's any. Uh, you could send those to uh, there's a form at aliencg.com/isc or just hit us up on Twitter, and we will collect all of these all the comments and questions and read them and answer them on the season one wrap-up show in February. Anyway, you're thinking of a square, right? Have a good week, everyone. Doodles. (laughs) See ya. (laughs) 